I'll talk to you this morning briefly about something that's actually one of my favorite topics, and it's about your imagination. Church has given the imagination a bad rap. But if you won't tune into your imagination, you'll never create. And if you never create, you can't be like your father. But there's a connection between your thoughts and your creating, and that's the imagination. No one's ever created something they didn't imagine first. Those house lights up all the way, Andy, by chance. I don't know. It's just hard to see everyone this morning. You're here. It's the glory. <laughs> if you're watching online, this is a different morning. Hang in there. Just, just this. We're just going with what we feel in the room. I feel like a contagious anointing in the room. That things are just ready to break out. And I am, I am, I am just trying to stand at this point. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Our, our imagination is actually a place that we interact with God. Phrases like get your head out of the clouds have killed, have killed people's imaginations. Hey, that's, let's, let's not, let's stay, you know, stay grounded. And statements like those, especially with children, can kill the ability to dream. I want my kids to feel like they can dream as big as they want. And often we say things like that and it doesn't help us out. And I want to read a scripture to you and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So unless you're reading from that, you may just want to listen but it's Ephesians 1, chapter 15, and it says this. Actually, we'll just start at, at, at 17. It says, I pray that the Father of, glor- uh, of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus, would impart to you riches of the Spirit. Okay, everybody say, these are the riches of the Spirit. These are the riches of the Spirit. Wisdom. Wisdom. Revelation. Revelation. Okay, and then I want you to hear this. Verse 18, I pray that the God... that." The light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. But he said, I pray that Paul is writing this phenomenal letter. And he says, I pray that you would receive wisdom. I pray that you would receive revelation. And I pray that you would receive an impartation of imagination. We don't pray that one often. I don't actually know the last time I've ever heard a preacher stand up and impart a release to people's imaginations. This stuff is fun to me. You see, there's, there's something that happens when we, when we, I love seeing a, a life transformed. I mean, I, I, I do what I do, man. I, I, I do it because he's called me to do it. But I love seeing people come in like uh, that sweet lady that just came up here and told her testimony all about when she came here and, and she's talking about, she got my name mixed up with David. I thought, man, you must have been here in the spirit like a year and a half ago, because I'm like, I didn't even know you were here. And, 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 but all God was doing in her life and the transformation of that stuff. And, you know, when I see people sometimes, and, and sometimes you see folks that are, man, their lives are just not going so well. And sometimes there's this 
this key piece that's needed to get them from where they're at to where they need to be. And I know their identity, but sometimes I actually have to imagine what they're going to look like restored. Have, have any of you that are praying for a child or a spouse or, or whatever that is, have you ever just, let me challenge you, have you ever just imagined them in service with their hands raised, smiling before the Lord? You ever just imagine that? Like, 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 just imagine what it would look like, that person that you've been leaning into the Lord for. Imagine it. You were created in the image of the creator. Meaning you have the ability to create, but you can only create what you can imagine. So could it be that your ability to see a person through the eyes of your imagination is actually a largely a key at seeing God do in their lives what he wants to do? <laughs> Paul's dropping this major revelation in this passage in Ephesians. All these different pieces in there are so powerful about this is the same uh, letter where he's talking about that angels actually come and watch you and learn from you. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, they're learning. They're watching from you saying, man, you're amazing. And he's dropping all these things. This is where he talks about when I preach on the power of God. This is that passage where he's talking about the power of God. And now he's talking about, and you need your imagination, the eyes of your heart opened. You don't grow out of this. That's what the world says. Well, I used to imagine when I was a child... Another way of saying that would be, I imagined before I went through pain. You tie it to age. I tie it to what they've been through. And God doesn't want you to grow out of imagination. Paul was saying, I'm continually praying over all of you that your imagination would come alive. Why? Because your imagination is that place that directly connects with God. Have you ever considered the fact that the enemy has never had an original thought? I mean, really, we give him a lot of credit. Have you ever thought that the enemy has actually never had an original thought? I was just talking with Matt about this before we started, and he said, I really, I really want to see the church to the point where we're leading the way instead of the secular culture leading the way, and then we're copying them. And, and, but here's the thing. We are actually created in the image of the creator, he was the greatest dreamer. <laughs> he dreamed about you, and then he created you. I'm, I'm making a t-shirt, and I'm working on it, so don't take it, that says, you are God's dream come true. You are his dream come true. He dreamed about you. He said, oh, and then he created you. You are good. And then he created the woman. He said, you are real good. <laughs> You've always had a leg up from the beginning, ladies. He's like, man, you are real good. Adam, you all right. Mm. With her, you're way better. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> Is Tiffany coming? Yeah, she's coming. Oh, good, good, good. She's in the car. She's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> but... Okay, so the enemy, here he is, here he is. He wants to come to kill, steal, and destroy is what the Bible says. He can't have an original thought, so what is he going to go after if he wants to really rob you? It's your ability to create. So if he wants to get to the ability to stop you from creating, what he's actually going to go after is your imagination. 
And he's going to go after that thing that stops you from beginning to dream with God. He wants to rob you of that. So we, so we, in return, we end up starting to say phrases in our life like, well, it's just your imagination. You notice the negative connotation that we often have for imagination? It's just your imagination. I mean, when was the last time we said, that's just your imagination? I want to talk, so let's think about this, this, this imagination. What does it actually look like? I want to describe it. There's a reason I have a remote control up here. Um, I want you to think about the imagination as a TV screen. I want you to think about the imagination as a TV screen, and all the different thoughts that are running through your head every day are things that you're meditating on. And I want to keep, I want to keep these in both hands because they connect with each other. Your imagination is not a bad thing. TV's not a bad thing. What you do with it is up to you. Your imagination, though, is like a blank screen waiting for things to be played out on it. And we can play out what God's thoughts are, or we can play out what the enemy's thoughts are. Sometimes when we're having, think about it this way, we've, we've been having financial difficulties, and all of a sudden, we begin to imagine everything that could go wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, oh my goodness, I have no money. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my rent. I'm going to lose my apartment. I'm going to lose my car. They're going to take my kids. I'm not going to have a family. I can't do this. Oh, you know what the good news is, is your imagination is working great. <laughs> your imagination is great. It's just tuned into the wrong channel. And what we want to get to is we want to be able to take that imagination that you have that works fine. I've actually never met someone that they don't have an imagination. It's just, what are you tuned into? People come up like, I just, man, I just, I, I just keep seeing all the things that are going to go wrong. And I just want to be like, change the channel, honey. Use that imagination, but tune it into something else. Why do you think the scripture says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind? Let's break that down for a minute. Your mind is where you meditate. What you meditate on decides what you imagine. And what you imagine is what you get. So imagine it like this. Imagine as if the remote to your TV is your thought life. And it's going to decide what we watch. My thought life can be tuned into, this, like this morning, the goodness of God. And I'm going to be going home from today running through my mind all these things, like the goodness of God. Oh, I can't wait to see where this church goes when the goodness of God is in the middle of it. I can't wait to see the lives that are changed with the goodness of God. Or we can come out and say, man. Worship was loud today. It's hot. <sighs> Hope they have that fixed by next time. I don't think I could live through another one of those. Oh, man, go out to my car. Oh, man, my car is, oh, my car is not acting right. It's probably going to die this week. 
And what are we doing? What are we doing? You decided with some thoughts what you began to meditate on, began to play out in your head. What's coming? What's coming? What's coming? That's why I love it with little kids. I love talking with them because they dream so big. And they're not, they're not dreaming bad. They're dreaming with God as babies. I used to do it. I remember, I remember, I've told this story before, but I would, I would be playing basketball. I remember we lived in Mint Hill. That was when I remember doing it many years ago. Um, I don't remember how old I would have been there. I'd probably been six, seven, eight years old, something like that. And I remember I'd be out there playing basketball by myself, but I was the best player on the team, bro. And I would be out there, and I'd be playing. And back, that was like when the, the Hornets were the thing. You know what I'm saying? Any basketball fans in the room at all? I'm talking like Alonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, those guys. And like I'm out there, you know, and I'm playing the Bulls because they are the competitor. You got Michael Jordan, you got Scottie Pippen, and it's like game on. And I'm playing ball, and I'm like, I'm seeing the scoreboard, and I'm like, yeah, it's a tie game, and I'm going in for that last side. And I'm imagining, I'm imagining that what it, I won, by the way, so you know. I won, just making sure you know. So, <laughs> but you know what? What, what? what does it look like when we come into the church? What does it look like when we come into our workplace? What does it look like when we come into the worship and we begin to imagine with God? We begin to just dream with God. What, well, here's the deal. What, you, what you're meditating on all week is creating the screen that you're playing out these thoughts. And what are you imagining? What are you meditating on? You can't help but imagine goodness if you meditate on goodness. You can't meditate on goodness and imagine bad. It doesn't happen. We see this, we see this uh, all over the Bible. I don't, for the sake of time, I'm going to move really quickly. But we see in, in Judges, write this down, Judges chapter 6, verse 11, we see one of my favorite, mess, my favorite passages. We got Gideon. He's scared. <laughs> what is he doing? He's threshing wheat in a wine press. And, and it says the angel of the Lord shows up to him, capital A, angel of the Lord. The big daddy. He shows up and he says, hey, hey, Gideon. Hey, man of God. Okay. There was definitely some imagination going on on God's part right here. Looking at him, knowing who he is. Seeing him hiding and saying, hey, man of God. You see, sometimes we need that piece of us that can imagine with God and say, you know what? I see this person. I see their life as a hot mess, but I can walk up to them and say, hey, you have a future. <laughs> Hello, mighty man of God. <laughs> You see, your thoughts produce what you imagine. In return, that decides what you create. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible that most of us know is Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you hope and a future. I want you to think about that passage. I know this was in the context of like Babylon and all this stuff, but I want you to think about this scripture. He says, God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They're good. Yes. Thank 
they're not evil. And then what's the next piece say? To give you a hope and a future. Well, hold up, hold up. You mean to tell me what God's thoughts are towards me welcomes me into what he wants for my life? I take my, my child, one of my children, Ethan. I have good thoughts for him. Oh, he's got an amazing future. If you've met him, you know that. He's bright. He's brilliant. He can do things musically I can't even do, and he's like 13. If he's in here, he's probably getting his love tank filled up because he's words of affirmation. <laughs> if he's not in here, he's going to get in trouble. <laughs> and I don't see him, so <laughs> he's going to be like, got to go. <laughs> But he's, he's that words of affirmation, love take, man. And I, when I see him, I, I think these thoughts, man, he's got a hope. He's got a future. And I keep speaking it into him. And even when he's got you know, those days with that bad attitude, you still got a hope and a future. What am I doing? I am looking down the road. I am imagining everything this boy is going to be. And I am releasing destiny in him. Because I am connecting thoughts to identity. And there's this thing here in the middle called imagination. Can you imagine it with God? Can you imagine it with God? Can you, can you imagine that God comes and sees Gideon in the wine press and he's scared out of his mind and God's welcoming statement is, hello, man of God. <laughs> Why? Because God's been chewing God's been stewing on these good thoughts for Gideon his whole life. He sees what he's going to be. God's not up there like, well, I don't know. He's like, I see what Gideon's got in him. Yeah, I see where he is. But you understand, I have good thoughts towards him. And I've imagined what he's going to do. It says in Philippians, I'm going to read this one. If you have your Bible, you can read this one with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice that the God of peace will be with you. Notice he exhorts thinking on these things. He says, take these things and think on them. And then he says, put them into practice. Take these things, think on them, then put them into practice. The thing I want to use that I'm going to keep bringing you back to is the imagination is the connection between the thought and the reality. I know a lot of people that they just don't have a high value for imagination. The same people will not be creating much. 
But it's interesting that we devalue our imagination on the positive side, but not on the negative. We get a piece of mail in the mailbox or email now, and it's uh, overdraft fee. Everybody's favorite little thing. <laughs> and our imagination begins to think, oh, how am I going to do this and this and this and this and this? And we begin imagining everything that could go wrong. And we don't typically stop ourselves in the middle of imagining everything that could go wrong and say, that's just my imagination. Isn't it interesting that when we're imagining all these great things, that the enemy comes to us and says, that's just your imagination. It's as if we're okay leaving it on for the negative, but we want to shut it off for the kingdom. How many times have you come in a service and you feel like, man, I see this one all the time. I can see it on someone when they're getting stirred up and they're waiting, their miracle's getting ready to happen. I can feel it. I'm like, woo, it's going to happen. And they're going for it. And, and I, I remember there's the story, and the, I, I didn't write this down, just came to mind, but there's the story of when Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and it was like there was this moment where he was teaching, and everyone he was talking to, their, their faith was beginning to rise. Like they were starting to get, oh. And then someone's like, isn't that Jesus, son of Joseph? And what happened? And what was happening? They were waiting for the Messiah. Their imagination was like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The thing we've been praying for hundreds of years, the thing we've been waiting on, it's here. And someone comes in and says, that's just, that's just Jesus, son of Joseph. I see people come into a service, and I see they're, they're getting excited. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get healed today. I'm going to get healed today. I feel it. And then... And then we begin to hear this stuff, is that really the Lord? Or is that just you? <laughs> right? It can be yes and yes, because he speaks to you. <laughs> That'll be another sermon. I can tell by the response. We got some work to do on that one. <laughs> We often will devalue our imagination on the positive side, but not on the negative side. We're okay with imagining with negative thoughts, but we often find ourselves in fear imagining with kingdom thoughts because it puts us in a vulnerable place. I become vulnerable when I begin to dream with God. I become vulnerable when I take it to the next step and I share my dreams with God with someone in this room. And I really begin to get vulnerable when I begin to pray with my friends and we begin to make plans for my dreams. I remember years and years and years ago when we had like no musicians in this church. And I led worship and I had, um, it was pretty much me and Matt most of the time. And uh, Travis, Travis was up here and we didn't have, I remember the Lord told me, he said, just begin to imagine you've got a team. <laughs> so we did some imagining. My keyboard used to be here. I came in, I set up a, uh, a bass player setup behind me and got it ready for a drummer. And everybody's like, oh, we found a drummer. I'm like, nope. 
oh, well, you got a bass player. I see you got the guitar. Uh, nope. <laughs> What's it there for? They're coming. How do you know? I saw it. I literally saw it. I saw it. I remember standing over here one time when I was like 13, 14 years old playing keyboard, and I remember seeing the room filled with people. See, some of what you guys always call visions, maybe that's also just your imagination partnering up with God. And I began to see people filling the room, and I began to see things, and they weren't there yet. And I began to imagine it. I would stand, I'm going to get real vulnerable now. I would stand at home, and I would sing in front of the mirror, and I would imagine that I was leading worship to thousands. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm being open with you. I'm being vulnerable with you. I know that if I'm going to get from the idea of it to the reality of it, I have to imagine it. And I can't hold back because of fear. Fear is really just imagining with the kingdom of darkness. Fear is really just imagining with the kingdom of darkness. When I begin to move in faith, I am now imagining with the kingdom of light. And I'm saying, you don't understand. This building won't fit us that long. I know it. Like, I see it. I see it. I'm, I don't, I just see it. Thanks, person over there. <laughs> so let's, let's try to bring this, bring this around. Hmm. Well, I'm imagining it. Well, is that is is what you're imagining? Here, here's some of the here's some of the myth. The, I'm gonna call it a myth, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. Well, is what you're imagining in the Bible? That's a great question. First of all, I have a really amazing scripture that I use for every time someone says that to me. It's Psalms 115, verse 3, that says, God sits in heaven and does as he pleases. That's God's I can do whatever I want scripture. He says, I'm God. Like, I do what I want. Where's that in scripture? No, you understand. He's God. He does what he wants. You see, I don't believe God will contradict himself. I have no question about that. He won't contradict scripture. But he also loves you. And he also wants you to dream. And he wants you to have, he wants you to succeed. All, he said he called it, uh, Paul called it riches, spiritual riches. He wants you to be a rich, rich person spiritually. He wants you to dream. I'm going to release the dreamers this morning. Like, but we're getting ready to wrap it up, but we're going to release the dreamers. We have to retrain ourselves that it's okay to connect with God through our imagination. It's okay. He doesn't talk about... There's, there's, there's one scripture that I could find that talks about the imagination in a negative context to cast down our imagination in the context of every thought that lifts itself up against God. Your imagination is good because we need it to create. But do we recognize that? 
I'm glad you're catching on. I was preaching one time, people online might not have heard that, I was preaching one time and somebody hit their phone in the middle of my sermon, Siri says, I don't understand that. (laughs) I've also heard her say, that's hard for me to understand. I'll pray for you, Siri. (laughs) It's an interesting scripture in Matthew Chapter 5, it says this, Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 27, almost there, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, you've heard that it was said you should not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed the adultery with her in his heart. Interesting scripture. This is in the New Covenant and things are changing. And the scripture points out the power of imagination. Now this is where things get interesting because it says that actually if you've already imagined it, it's so real that you've already in the spirit realm done it. Why? Because you can only imagine something so long before you will see it produced. You can only imagine something so long before it will be produced. And when we look at things, that's not just for the negative, but that's the best scripture I can show you that says that your imagination is so powerful that if you just just imagine doing this with someone, you in the spirit realm have done it. That's how powerful the imagination is. It will be produced. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I've got quite a bit, but I'm not going to be able to get through it because I want to just release a few things. I'll do a part two another day. There's an interesting scripture in Job. I'm going to get a lot of come-ons for Job. (laughs) I I feel like I've been in Job before, but I don't usually... (laughs) All right. There's a scripture in Job that talks about that sometimes. It talks about the Lord having to put someone to sleep so that they could dream. Now, this is interesting. I'll give you the reference. Job 33, 14. This is that God talks about speaking to people in different ways, and some have to actually be put to sleep for him to speak to them. So this is interesting because that means God's coming to you in your dreams, which means that Maybe we don't need to make it so negative to be a daydreamer. He's just daydreaming again. (laughs) Maybe God's speaking to their spirit and they're dreaming with him.
I want to release the imagination this morning, and I've rushed through this, and I understand that I've probably just given you just enough to make you interested, but that's where we're going to land. I want to release the power of the imagination because I believe that one of the things that's going to truly demolish the enemy is creativity. And I believe that for us to create effectively, we have to imagine. But the first step is actually what we dwell on, what we think on. And so let's stand up, and I'm going to pray over you. And the prayer team in just a moment will come up. Matter of fact, the prayer team can just go ahead and come up. I'm just curious, if just, just for the, it helped me know how to minister to you. How many would say that an area that I've not necessarily thrived in is imagining? Raise your hand. Okay. I bet there's a whole lot more than that. But I feel like God wants to open those eyes of your heart. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray over you. Father, I pray over every person in this room right now. I pray over their mind. That first and foremost, that, Father, that their mind would be in connection with you and that, Lord, they would begin to dwell on the thoughts of heaven. That, Father, that all the areas that the enemy has tried to come in and plant lies and these little seeds that have been planted in our mind that make us want to dwell on those things, that, Lord, right now in this atmosphere, you would uproot those. Pull them out, till the soil, and we're putting new thoughts in. I'm putting in thoughts of life. I'm putting in, as he said, to give you a hope and a future. They're good, not evil. I plant those thoughts in your mind. Some of you that have been worn down, you've been through some stuff. God is coming in and he is tilling the soil of your mind and he is planting thoughts of life. Right now, he already did the work in the worship. Your mind's been cleared in the worship. I can feel as if he came in during the worship and was just tilling the soil so right now he could begin to plant those thoughts. Those of you that have dreams that you feel like they're not happening, I just plant thoughts of hope. I plant, th- I plant thoughts just of that it's coming. It's coming. And I pray that they would begin to take root quickly. That is, the wind and the storm and the rain and all that comes, it will not be able to uproot these thoughts of good. But they would take root. Those of you that have made some bold moves, I can feel that in this room. You have made a bold move to follow the Lord, and you have really wondered, is it, did I quite make the right move? But here's what I'd really like to say is no matter what, he's still for you. So I'm not going to come up here and tell you if you did or didn't. All I know is that he's still for you. And he is the redeemer. So he is for you. And so whatever that looks like, if you stepped into something, you took a bold move and you've been challenged, I feel that. May he wash away those negative thoughts. And as those positive thoughts begin to take root in you, I pray that your imagination would begin to come alive. I pray that you would be able to dream with God again. You would begin to imagine what it would look like with your whole family worshiping together. What it would look like to be able to come together and just imagine. What it, what, how could we just imagine? I pray that you begin to imagine a city that was transformed by his love. What would it look like, a city in love with Jesus? What would it look like, your family in love with Jesus? What would it look like? Imagine it. 
would it look like? I release the imagination. I pray that of those of you that are, are, it's not that everybody's not creative, but those of you that are really geared into the creativity, whether it be painting or singing or dancing, whatever that form of creativity looks like for you, may your imagination begin to just go wild with Jesus. May you begin to tap into things that you know when you tap into them, it's like no one's done this before. I pray for originality. I pray for originality over this house and everyone that's sitting in this room that original things would come out. You're only going to be, at best, a B version of somebody else. But I release originality over you, that what you carry, you would begin to release it into the earth. You would release it into the earth in Jesus' name. With your, with your, just before I call people up, I want to op- open up the opportunity for if anyone's in this place and uh, you haven't even come into relationship with the Lord, this is a, this is a great time to do that. <laughs> I can tell you this much. There is nothing greater than being in relationship with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak for what you've seen in the past, but... I have been around a bunch of people that love Jesus, and there's nothing greater. I get to do it every day of my life. And if you're in this place this morning and and you've not made that connection with the Father, you've not opened your heart toward Him and welcomed Him in, what a great morning to do that. So if that's you, and you're saying, I've not done that, and I want to do that this morning, I just, wherever you are in the room right now, just raise your hand. Anybody in the room right now, we're going to wait a moment, and then we're going to release the prayer team to start ministering. Thanks, Father. Okay. Thank you, Father. You're good, Jesus. You've shown up in a way this morning that we will never forget. You've touched people's lives. You've come in and do what you do best. And Father, we give you thanks for that. Can we just do that before we officially wrap this up? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you. I bless you all. I just want to encourage you. We are on the verge of something amazing. I can't tell you how much I feel that right now. I can't possibly explain how much I feel that in my spirit right now. We're on the verge of something, and we're already in it. There's so much. And I need you. Those of you that this is your home church, let me talk to you one second and I'll release you. I need you to dream with me. My dreams aren't big enough for you. I have dreams, but you need to dream. I need you to dream. I need you to imagine. I need you. I need you, this house needs you when you get up on a Sunday morning to begin to dream with God what's going to happen. When you do that, I'm telling you, you will experience things in this room and in this house and in community you've never felt before. But I need you to dream with us. Will you do that?